Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Our show today is brought to you by Tech Reputation. TechReputation.com offers IT business owners a simple and effective way to manage, acquire, and market their positive reviews online. In addition, the online dashboard includes the ability to enter your contact details once and have it published automatically to over 60 directory and review sites and keep it updated, synchronized, and without duplication. For a 14-day free trial and to get 10% off your setup and monthly subscription, head on over to techreputation.com slash TSB. You can also take advantage of a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk to you to try out Tech Reputation, again, at techreputation.com slash TSB. This episode is also brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is uh, the most effective way to attract a following of potential customers and build loyalty among your existing clients. You can use the posts that we write on your website, newsletter, social media, videos, ads, etc. With Tech Blog Builder, you can get consistent, well-written, search engine optimized blog posts published directly onto your website for an affordable and predictable monthly subscription. Check that out at techblogbuilder.com. All right, guys, on today's episode, we have Harry Lowell from Nightlight Pictures, and he is an award-winning producer that's going to talk to us about his experiences pitching um, to the execs in Hollywood and how you can take that advice and translate it on how to pitch your services to clients. And it's amazing how it translates over very well. All of the lessons are still the same. How can you convince your clients, your business clients, and the people who you're trying to sell your services to, how can you convince them to use your services? He's going to teach us how to pitch anything to anyone. Uh, And then Paco has a new service that he's going to introduce us to from Google that allows you to better connect Google search results with your appointment booking software. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click the following tab, and then select from that list, uh, see first, so that the live stream will jump to the top of your news feed. Every time we go live, you can make sure to catch uh, to catch it, not, not miss it, because uh, we always love to see you guys here. There's always some fun stuff that goes on behind the scenes before the show recording starts, and, uh, and we'd love to see you there when that happens. Uh, all right, guys, so uh, here we are, another episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you're watching the video, you'll uh, see that we are, um, uh, and you found this out last episode, but we're, we have Paco LeBron here as the co-host. Um, so we're excited to have him here uh, as a regular to um, help, uh, you know, flesh out the show and, and give us his perspective. Uh, and then our guest today is Harry Lowell, and he is um, going to talk to us about how to pitch anything to anyone. And uh, he is uh, an award-winning producer and media expert in uh, the uh, television and film industry. 
so uh, he's he's going to have kind of a unique perspective about that, uh, but I think it's going to be super valuable. Um, so definitely stick around for that. Uh, before we get into that, though, just want to remind you that the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter is out there and waiting for your eyeballs, and you can get it in front of your eyeballs by subscribing to it. And in order to do that, you just need to go to computerbusinessmarketing.com and sign up for it at the form at the top of the page there. And uh, when you do, you'll get the newsletter sent to your inbox every week uh, with the latest podcast episode, uh, articles from around the web about different types of marketing tips and tricks. You'll also get a digest of some of the more recent Facebook posts from the uh, marketing group on Facebook. And uh, we end every newsletter with a tip of the week, uh, just a little quote or tip or some piece of advice that you can take away with you for the week to keep you motivated, to keep uh, maybe have you thinking in a different direction or thinking outside of the box. And all of that is uh, for free through the uh, Computer Business Marketing Newsletter every week. So definitely check that out, computerbusinessmarketing.com. Well, we are weeks away from the IT Owners Compass event, and we're just getting some of the final details uh, fleshed out about that. Uh, we have a jam-packed um, uh, calendar, lots of speakers. Um, l- let me just kind of go over some of, some of the speakers we can expect to have. So, of course, we have our keynote from uh, Michael Michaelowitz, and, of course, we know M- Michael Michaelowitz. I'm sorry, I always... The, it's one of those names. It's, it's kind of a tongue twister. Michael Michalowicz. He is the author of some books that we might know, like Profit First and The Pumpkin Plan and The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. He, was a, uh, he used to be an IT services business owner, and then uh, he grew that very successfully and sold it and then built a bunch of other companies, multi-million dollar companies, and he learned a lot along the way, and he writes these books, and now he's a very renowned author, and all he does pretty much is travel around the country talking. And uh, we were able to get him for the conference, so that's going to be super exciting. Um, we have uh, Malwarebytes, that's, uh, that's our premier sponsor of the event, and we have Michael Sherwood and Alex Smith from Malwarebytes, and those are the guys that are in charge of interfacing with you guys, the technicians, the computer business owners. And they're going to be there to talk about the Malwarebytes uh, TechBench product and, and how you can use that um, in your business and just the overall state of malware these days to give you insights on uh, how, uh, you know, the latest threats and how you can, uh, you know, protect your customers and integrate that into your services and better pitch those services and all of that stuff. And then we've got uh, a lot of experts, both from the IT world and from outside the IT world. We have uh, folks... Paul uh, Mendiola from Freedom Voice. We got Brian Zork from Data Rescue MDs. We got Tim Taylor from Tim Taylor Consulting Group, who is an MSP business coach. So we're going to be talking MSP, but we're also going to be covering some more techie stuff that if you're still just doing break fix, that's fine. We got some, some information for you. Also, if you're one of those folks who are trying to, you know, um, move from break fix to MSP or make that transition, um, for example, Tim Taylor is, is a great person who's going to help you with that. Uh, we also have Fabrice from Fab's Auto Backup that's going to be there, uh, flying all the way in from France. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, and uh, he's going to uh, be on hand to help you with any Fab's Auto Backup uh, questions uh, or issues you might have. We have Jason Hinton, Hinton, who is a Microsoft 
partner development expert, and he works with Microsoft with Microsoft partners to help you partner with like their cloud services and understand how to sell um, some of those things uh, in your business. And the list goes on and on. So you can see all of the speakers we have lined up if you head over to itocompass.com slash speakers. But the real reason I'm kind of uh, going over the ITO Compass again is that we actually have a few spots that opened up. So we have about five or so tickets that uh, we were able to add on to the um, to the experience, and they're open and available. So we actually have five tickets available. So if you were thinking about coming or you wanted to come, but it was sold out and you were disappointed and you went and cried uh, you know, in your bedroom, well, dry those tears because there are now a few tickets available. So if you do want to come to ITO uh, Compass, it is in Chicago. So just to, to recap, it's in Chicago, and it's the weekend of August 24th through the 26th. We actually, uh, because we had so many speakers, we had to move a couple of the speakers to Friday. So we actually have some afternoon sessions on Friday. So if you plan on coming, uh, make sure you have the full day Friday to be there to catch the afternoon sessions on Friday. And then a full day on Saturday, including the evening. We've got some stuff planned in the evening. And then, of course, the full day Sunday, 24th through the 26th in Chicago. We do have tickets available. If you are interested, uh, then let me know. Or head on over to itocompass.com, click the contact uh, menu item, and fill out the form because the, the website still says we're sold out. Um, so you just want to contact us directly through the contact form. Or if, you, you know, if you're friends with me on Facebook or you know me through Facebook, you can contact me there. Or anywhere else you know how to reach me, <laughs> you can do that. Let me know you're interested and we'll get you a ticket to the IT Owners Compass. Paco's going to be there all of your favorite podcasters and IT business owners from the different groups, Facebook groups and stuff that you know about are going to be there. Some of the guests that have been on the show are going to be there, like Patrick Palmer, uh, Dave Greenbaum. Some of these guys you know from the show are going to be there as well. So meet all of your favorite guests and hosts at the IT Owners Compass. Uh, if, if you want to come, now is your opportunity. There are tickets available. So learn more at itocompass.com. All right. Well, that's enough of me babbling on. Uh, let me let me jump over to you, Paco, and just uh, see how your business has been going, and see if uh, anything interesting has happened uh, the past week. Sure, um, business has been good. I've been actually getting better with my own health, so now I'm not hacking up and coughing all over the place, and you can actually hear me. Good. Nice. Um, as far as uh, this week, uh, pretty low key, just kind of grinding it out, making some uh, small tweaks in process. Um, actually talked to a buddy of mine that I've known since high school to finally get back onto life insurance. So got some of that stuff going on. So um, he's from, uh, yeah, he's from an agency called PHP. Um, and I know he's been doing it for a while. So it's been something I've been thinking about for a couple of weeks now. Um, just trying to get back to what I was having at my old job. And it was actually really cheap to get even just mm. to get into like just my foot in the door right now i mean it was like i think 10 to 20 bucks a month something like that um to get that going and make sure that that's there so there's other stuff available and things like that so i was i had a good time with him talking to him about that um and i went ahead and changed a couple of things with process one of the things that is really cool that I didn't bring up last week that we did, I actually made a change this week, so it's taking some time to propagate. But 
there is a relationship with Google on Google Maps and Google Search. So as everyone knows, I always mentioned that Google Search and Google Maps was a very big piece of how a lot of business finds me. And what was really cool is Google now has a partnership with quite a bit of partners for calendar scheduling software. And the one that I use is called Appointy, A-P-P-O-I-N-T-Y.com. But there's many others that you can partner with. And what they do is it's a booking software. You, you, know, you put your services, you put your stuff in there and let it go. But what's cool is that it, when you plug that URL under booking or appointment URL in Google My Business, after X amount of days, depending on the software, it will actually propagate a button on your Google My Business listing. So when you go to, when you used to go to my profile, I actually tested right now. It's actually not there because I changed some of the services. But when you go into the My Business listing, it'll actually have a blue button that says schedule it. And when you click on the button, it's actually Google's interface to the user, whether you're on mobile or whether you're on the desktop, and it'll allow you to book that session straight into Google Maps. It's not taking them to another page. It's not doing any of that. It just allows you to go straight through one interface and sends over that booking to you for your calendar and the email for the booking in case you have to like follow up and things like that. So before I actually had a on-site or in-shop diagnostic for 79 bucks, I recently changed that to free phone consultation. So now it's propagating so that when you click it, it's basically it'll submit the information. And what's cool is that if the Google user is already logged in, it already pull that information from the user and it'll just hit submit for them. Nice. So pretty cool uh, feature. I've been using it for a little bit. Um, and that's something that we kind of modified on our way to just make more of a little tweaks to improve the process for customers to try and get a hold of us. Nice. And, and the, the less clicks you can have, you know, your, your prospects do the better, right? So instead of clicking to your website and then clicking a button to make an appointment and then, you know, blah, 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 you reduce some of those clicks and that's cool. It integrates right into uh, to the Google maps. Yeah. So we'll have the link in the, in the show notes, but yeah, it's it, having it uniform like that really helps. And especially yeah. like if you're on a mobile website, if you go onto the Google uh, Google mm-hmm. Apps, you click on it. It's, it's still the Google Map listing or the Google framework. And you're not going to another page, and then you've got to worry about is it going to look right? You know, how's the text? Yep. How, you know, all that. Everything just works smooth. Sweet. That's especially good if someone like needs to get a hold of you <laughs> right away right. or needs need your services. Oh, speaking of which, so I, I actually switched my live chat. I've actually switched uh, from Talk to to Drift. And just because of the, a lot of integrations that they have, um, it's worked out pretty well the way that it pops up and the way that it kind of works out. They do have a free tier, but they have paid tiers as they go along. And the more the paid tiers that you go, the more integrations you have. So it really helps out because I have everything linked up to our Slack group. And so if everyone knows, I have two contractors and then I have an accountant as well. So that's how I talk to everybody. So having everything in Slack helps me out and especially having those notifications. So that was one other thing that really, uh, that we changed that it's been so far pretty smooth. Nice. And um, yeah, we may have a surprise for uh, a coming episode because I've been talking to uh, Drift on, to talk about live chat stuff. So Sweet. Yeah, I was looking at Drift and, and it looks really good. I'm actually looking for a new chat interface as well. Um, so, and that's one of the ones I'm, I'm seriously considering. So 
yeah, it's I'm in the same boat. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, it's one of those things that you need to get right. And, uh, and it's an important part of a website now. Um, so, you know, and you just kind of got to experiment, right? See what works best for you. It's really hard to figure it out unless you try these, these different services. Yep. So we're going to uh, introduce a new, um, a, a new part of the show. And this is going to be called Tech Site Builder Question of the Week. We might come up with a better name, but hey, it, it is what it is, right? Tech Site Builder Question of the Week. You know what, you know what you're getting. You get what um, you pay pa- for. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Paco suggested we do this because, uh, you know, uh, in all honesty, he's got questions about his Tech Site Builder website. And he figured instead of sending them over to Tech Site Builder um, support, where he will get an answer, but then it would only benefit him. Uh, he can ask them on the podcast, and then uh, those answers can benefit everybody, not only tech site builder users, but just uh, folks who have a website, because these are kind of universal things that he's going to be asking. So, Paco, what do you have for us for the first ever tech site builder question of the week? Yep. So, as I continue to start putting out more blog content and putting it out and setting it up, the question, as I was kind of looking at the layout, what is the best way visually a blog should be set up on a WordPress site. So when you go to the bottom, you can pick different layouts. One where you have it to the left side or to the right side to allow for widgets. Other sides there are just full width so you can kind of have the entire blog itself. So what would you suggest being your a WordPress developer and plus in tech site builder, the best way visually a blog should be set up in a blog website or on a site that has a blog page? So, I mean, this, you know, there's no universal truth here. There's their preferences and, and, and opinions and stuff like that. Uh, I am of the opinion that pretty much every page on your website, except the home page, should have a single purpose. Um, so the services page lists your services so people can browse your services. The, uh, the uh, contact page has your contact form and your contact information. The testimonials page has the testimonials. The blog page should... Uh, So you go to the blog, you have a list of blog posts. Um, On that page, it's okay to have a sidebar if you want to have, you know, like categories and uh, popular posts and tags and stuff. The blog list page is the best place to have a sidebar. If you can, uh, if your theme allows, and Tech Site Builder does allow for this, but if your theme allows you to have a different layout on the blog list page versus a single blog post, then, um, then I would do that. I would have the sidebar on the blog list page, but on a single blog post, the purpose of, the, of that page or post is the blog post. So you, you don't want to distract from that. You want someone who clicks on the link to that blog post to be able to read that blog post without any distractions um, or you know, without going down any rabbit holes that are going to distract them from the reason they came to that post in the first place. So I, I'm a big proponent of on the post, just having the, the content of the post uh, on that page. And then when they get to the bottom, that's where you can put some extra stuff like, um, you know, uh, uh, related posts or, or categories. Um, you know, I definitely recommend having some sort of call to action, like a, a contact button or, um, you know, your phone number or something like that. Um, but that, it's better to put that at the bottom so they can get through reading it. They can get the information they wanted or they can learn more about your company or whatever, you know, your, your goal is there and then take the action at the bottom. Um, so when, so if, when you say you, blog list on that blog uh, for the listing of the blogs, you're talking about a column on like either side that you can define whatever you want by date, category, whatever, right? 
Yeah, and like you said, widgets, right? In in WordPress, it's it, they call them widgets, um, okay. and and you can you know drag over some widgets, uh, but that's that's optional. I mean, that's that's just if you feel strongly about like your categories, you think there are some good categories you want to put over there, or some you know whatever that you want to put over there. But um, it, it it wouldn't kill you to just have the the blog list be the blog list and not really anything to distract them from there either. Um, so yeah, I, 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 you know, the, the, the overarching purpose of your website is to get people to contact you or to, to get on your list. Um, and then the secondary or the, the driving force of that is whatever purpose the page serves. So the blog post information, the blog post list, it's a list of your blog posts, <laughs> you know, so that, that would be my recommendation. Cool. All righty. So um, uh, uh, I know Harry's been waiting there patiently, uh, and we'll get to you one sec, Harry, just really quick. Before we do that, I do want to mention our first sponsor, and that is Tech Reputation. Tech Reputation uh, offers IT business owners a simple and effective way to manage, acquire, and market your positive reviews online. And that's the key, that's the key factor with Tech Reputation is it, it gives you a chance to really uh, facilitate those positive reviews um, if someone has a bad experience, we don't necessarily want to, uh, you know, dupe people into saying, well, hey, I'm just going to suppress any negative reviews I get and, and just brush them to the side. Instead, what we're doing is if someone has a bad experience with you, before they get a chance to leave a negative review, usually out of, you know, out of emotional frustration in the moment, <laughs> we give them a cooling off period by allowing them to vent back to us. So we say, hey, how was our service? They say, oh, I didn't like, you know, the, the t-shirt you were wearing when you came over. Then you can say, uh, okay, well, you know, that, that's, uh, you, you work it out with them, right? You say, well, you know, next time we'll, we'll dress up a little bit or, you know, we, we like to have a, a relaxed, you know, uh, approach or whatever. Uh, and, and you could try to work it out with them so that they uh, have a better experience with you and then they don't leave that negative review. Um, so that's one of the, the parts of Tech Reputation. Some other stuff it does is it gives you an online dashboard so you can see uh, all of your company review information in one spot. So it's kind of an aggregate of all of your uh, reviews in one area, and then you can see the average and you know where where your bad reviews might be coming from or where you're good where you need some more good reviews. Um, and then uh, another thing you can do is take all of those good reviews and put them on your website. Tech Site Builder has a uh, built-in integration with Tech Reputation, so you just click a button and, and copy in your uh, your code, and then on a page on Tech Site Builder, you can put your Tech Reputation uh, aggregated list of all of your Google, Yelp, Facebook, wherever you got reviews. You can put those all on one page on your website. And finally, uh, they offer a directory uh, service. It's called uh, Citation. Uh, service where they look at all of the different um, listings out on the internet of your business, the information like the title, the the address, the phone number, make sure that's accurate and up to date on everywhere that it appears on the internet. And then it allows you to fix that in an automated, easy fashion um, so that you can have updated and accurate information everywhere online. So all of that stuff comes together in the tech reputation package. And um, they are uh, super generous in offering you guys 10% off your setup and monthly subscription. You just got to go to techreputation.com slash TSB and uh, all the details are there. 
in addition to the 10% off, you also get a 14-day free trial just to kick the tires, see if it's right for you, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Um, so there's really no risk to try it out and see if it'll work for your business. That's techreputation.com slash TSB. All right, guys, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Harry Lowell. He is uh, the award-winning producer and media expert. He's developing and producing content for television, advertising, digital, and theatrical release. He's a member of the Television Academy and uh, the founder and president of Night Life or Night Light Pictures, uh, and that's based in Los Angeles. Um, so before I screw it up anymore, Harry, why don't you <laughs> jump in and, and introduce yourself to the fine folks who are listening? Oh, well, thanks for having me on, Matthew. And, and uh, thank you, Paco. I get to be on the first show. You guys reunite. I feel very privileged to have that opportunity. That's great. We're and uh, I can't believe I'm on the show where you drop a bombshell that you have tickets to the sold out ITO Compass Conference. I mean, how did I get so lucky on this one, Matthew? It's amazing. <laughs> and it's in my hometown. It's in you Chicago. Play the, play the lottery tonight. There, yes, I, I, I might hit the lottery on this one. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but thank you for having me on. Yeah, no problem. So uh, before we get started, for the folks who are watching the video, um, they'll note that you do not have uh, a video going. And I think it would probably um, be apropos, if you don't mind, to just kind of give a quick explanation of why that is. Otherwise, people will be wondering. Well, it's a bummer because my hair looks great. But unfortunately, I'm having a technical issue with my face. Uh, I ended up having some oral surgery that hit a nerve. And I'm having a Interesting. My wife thinks it's a fantastic 50% Botox, but I can't really move a portion of my eye. So it wasn't really apropos for me to be a pirate on your show. So thank you for (laughs) blocking me out. I appreciate it. But uh, everything else still works. Thank goodness. Yeah, you sound great. So um, I'm excited to dig into this. So before we dig into the uh, the topic at hand, which is kind of, which is kind of how to pitch anything to anyone, uh, if you can just give the quick um, kind of review of your background in, uh, you know, television and, um, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll give you the personal story. I think, you know, cause you and I were chatting about this in the, in the pre-show, you know, I was a kid growing up in Chicago and there in a blue collar factory town, you learn work ethic. Uh, and what was great is I had a very encouraging, uh, simple upbringing where they, my parents told me, follow your passion, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. You know, don't get caught, uh, just letting life dictate what happens to you. So, uh, you know, being a producer is a very crazy dream. There's not a straight path to doing that. It is not a surefire thing that's going to happen. So they took a lot of uh, love and support from them to, to support me in that crazy dream. I was the first person in my family to go to college. I moved out after high school to California because, of course, that's where you become a producer. And, you know, when you have nothing to lose, you really fear a lot less. So I was able to really dive into what I believed in. And uh, I have a lot of drive and focus thanks to my parents. And the love I have for film and television really was able to come through. And it brought, and I was very fortunate that a lot of really wonderful people and mentors, we weren't even called mentors back in that day. They were just really great human beings like Cliff Einstein and Susan Butterworth from Disney um, and Michael Kagan at ICM who took notice and uh, really changed my life. Right. They, they, taught me everything I know today, that you can be talented and kind, that you can be, you know, serious and fun, that they were encouraging. And, you know, we learned the most important thing, which was collaboration and being a part of a team and not trying to put everything on you. And it should not be all about you. So 
the best part about television and filmmaking is that it is a huge community and it is a collaboration of writers and directors and producers and actors and composers. So that is such a, a you know, there's, there's no better high than when you're working with the best people in those industries doing things. So what was great is I learned how to become a producer and how to live the way I believe a set should be run, which is fun and encouraging and exciting. Um, I was able to then, you know, craft that into and, and become more entrepreneurial and open a business. And one day I was sitting around and I said, I should buy an editing system. So I bought one and then that was successful. And I said, maybe I should buy two. And then we had an office in the Valley for Disney. And then we had a small office in LA that I could go to for projects where clients didn't need to come to. And then there were economic downturns and I learned how to quickly sell everything and reconfigure. And, you know, I had wonderful people who helped me through the hard times and gave me guidance in the good and bad times. But ultimately it made me grow as a producer, as a story producer, uh, as a storyteller, and then eventually, you know, as an entrepreneur, and then you start to navigate and start to make sure you give back. And I think that's how Nightlight formed and Nightlight's given me a lot of opportunities to do things beyond my scope. I started in advertising uh, which was amazing, and it expanded into trailers and promos. Uh, we did documentaries, digital content, uh, Super Bowl commercials. I mean, just the whole plethora of, of TV shows. Um, and I think it, it is great to be able to have that kind of expanse when you really want to tell stories. And especially with me, I have a very, very short attention span. So not as many films. I like the shorter format stuff. I think the right. TV shows and unscripted is kind of my thing. But uh, I feel very lucky that those people gave me that leg up and believed in me. And I always want to make sure I give back because it is those hard workers who truly care about the craft and don't give a shit about being at the Emmys or being in a limo. While that's super fun, it's about the work and that you get to be around those kind of creative people. And I can't believe we get paid for what we do. So it is, that is the best part of my job. And I'm always learning and growing. And I, I think that, you know, um, and we were talking about this before, how even though this is a totally different industry from what the show is about, mm-hmm. already in your story, I think a lot of people can relate to what you've gone through and, you know, following your passion, taking a chance, taking a risk, um, you know, doing what you love, and then seeking out mentors. And, and that, that's, that's kind of the, the unsung hero in a lot of um, successful people's journey is, you know, hooking up with the right uh, guidance and folks who have been there before who can guide you along the way. Um, and that's something we talk a lot about on the show as well. We have a lot of folks on the show who, who could, you know, who are good mentors for folks. And it's just, it's one of those things that, that I think is, is not emphasized enough in these types of shows is find someone um, or, you know, just look, look for folks who, who you kind of want to emulate and, and then mm-hmm. see if you can reach out to them and see if they can help you out. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of lessons in life in general, you know, we all have to, we're all buyers, we're all sellers at different points, you know, whether you're pitching to a client or to your wife, you know, it, it, there's, you're trying to always get your point across or, or, you know, figure something out. And so this particular topic is relevant to any industry because ultimately it's, it's a people industry. You know, the specifics of IT or your particular product or service are less important then understanding what your, you know, your bigger objectives and goals are when you're pitching something. And, you know, this, these lessons I learned uh, just being a student of advertising, seeing how 
smooth and easy. And I'm not saying advertising to the consumer. I'm saying advertising from the advertising agency to the client and then out to the mm-hmm. consumer. And you start to see, oh, this is real. Now everyone's working together in harmony and this is working well. And I can see the payoff in the back end. How can I translate that into my television series? How can I translate that into pitching my TV networks or the distributors or the writer? Or how can I get that director to come on board? He's not really buying it. What am I not doing? What is he not seeing here? So I started to realize that this was not a advertising how to pitch something. This is a how to pitch to humans and have a conversation where everyone wins. Right. And, and so I think that's, that's a good segue into the topic of this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you kind of set the stage here. Um, I know, you know, through your experience uh, in your industry that there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of need to convince people <laughs> of certain things. Like you need <laughs> money, uh, you need, you know, talent, you need um, uh, distributors and, and you need, and all of this stuff is, is you're kind of dealing and, yep. and, and finding someone who's willing to, to help you out, especially at first. So, so how does, how does something like that translate to, you know, folks like us who are, you know, just trying to sell IT services to, to customers and, and uh, get them on board? Right. And I'll say this, I always have kind of a big idea behind how to pitch something, right? And whether it's IT, whether it's a service or a product, I think, you know, there's, there's a couple buckets. There's kind of like a five big elements for me that make up the, the understanding of how to pitch someone. I think the biggest idea, if you take away nothing from this discussion, is that when you go in to talk to a buyer, it should be about them and not about you. And I think the picture most people have when they have to go in and present, and this happens a lot, especially in IT, you know, we have a lot of technology in our business. And so we're constantly being pitched black boxes and chat and ways to, to do editorial in multiple cities at multiple times. There's a lot of tech talk. And what happens a lot is the picture people have when they have to go present is that they picture themselves in the spotlight, on stage, and they're going to have to do a song and dance with you know, me sitting in the audience with my arms folded, and they're going to have to you know, just keep hopping around and hoping that some keynote or, or PowerPoint presentation thing is going to make me throw some money in their hat. And I think that's the picture they have because they're pitching, they're, they're on the show. And I think they need to not have that visual and what it should be instead is your mom calls you to come over because she wants to re-landscape the house. Now, if you walk into that situation, you're not there to pitch your mom on putting in a gravel driveway. You want to listen to what your mom has to say. You want to help her out. She's important to you. So you're going to hear what she wants to do. You're going to offer up the services that you can provide, and then you're going to toss services that you can't provide to make sure she gets the right people to help her out. And at the end of the day, you're still pitching in both those situations, but in one, you know, you are the monkey jumping. And in the other one, you know, you are a helpful participant and a partner. And I think that's the big idea that a pitch should be about them, not about what you, not even about what you're selling. You're not there to hard sell. And our first, you know, point that we always have when we do any meeting, television series, a uh, new series concept, whether it's scripted or unscripted, we always say, what's our goal for the meeting, right? And our goal is realistic, what we want to try and get away from that meeting. But we always have a secondary goal, which is we want that person we're meeting, whether we've met them before or not, to have a relationship with us. We want them to look and go, you know what? I could sit across from Harry and pick up that phone and call him. And if this project lasts six months or a year, I would not mind having to deal with that guy. He's a problem solver. He's smart. I know that 
in the long run, we're going to have a relationship, right? That's always our secondary goal. Not just selling what I have in front of me, but knowing that I want a partnership with this person for future jobs. And then the third- Go ahead. ahead. Keep going. No, no. Go. That's our our big one. People skip that a lot. Yeah, and I was I was going to say going back to uh, and I just wanted to say this before I forgot was the the example of you know landscaping for your mom is <laughs> I think uh, something that kind of gets in the way of 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 you know making a pitch especially if it's like face to face and you're in a boardroom or you're in you know some sign of kind of environment where they're like sitting there expecting you to wow them um, there there can be a lot of nerves and there can be a lot of you know um, doubting yourself and if you approach it from that aspect where like you know, hey, I'm just here to start a relationship. I'm here to help. Um, I, I care about this person and, and, you know, I'm not trying to convince them of anything. I just want to let them know that I'm here to help them. I think that can go a long way to kind of settle down the nerves and take away, you know, that, that air of like uh, stress that, that could come from these types of encounters. Yeah, totally agree. And I think that's crucial what you just said, you know, the, the, the other part we do, once we kind of set our goals and we know that we're going to try to have a fun meeting and we're going to try to put our personalities out there, is that we do the homework. And you need to know who your buyer is. And you got to understand where he's coming from, just like you talked about, Matthew. So is he a manager? Is he a VP? Who is he reporting to? An SVP? A board member? Is he got, you know, you got to assume he's got clients, which might be internal users. He's got his own staff of people, which are technicians and employees. So you have to know what all of his pressure points are and what he is really facing because that's the only way you can help him. Right. And uh, I don't think there's anyone that can walk into my company and know what I need because we just had a meeting and we know what happened financially and how many projects we have coming up. So if you walk in and decide you want to sell me a sofa and I don't need a sofa, we're all wasting each other's time. So I think it's important that you get to know what my problems and concerns are because that's the homework you need to try and do. Understand Look them up on LinkedIn, look up their, their genre, look up their um, division, look up their company, see what's going on with them. Try to learn as much as you can so that you can be knowledgeable. And then I think the next step is, you know, you led into it perfectly, Matthew, is you don't start with the pitch. You know, the, the, the second big thing we do after we've set our goals and done homework is we need to qualify what the heck they need. What do they need? And also, how do they want to hear it? So before we ever pitch, we start a dialogue, right? What's been working for you? What, how did this project go? What are you looking for right now? Let them tell you so you can understand how they're feeling about things. Because honestly, they want to tell you. They want the help. They want to ex- another partner to take on some of their stress and see if you can take some of the stress off them, help them through their, their goods and bad times. Everyone's got a mortgage to pay. Everyone's got a nice parking spot they want to keep in their, at their office. So they're looking for someone to help them keep that. And I find a lot of time these uh, these in person meetings really are about um, just getting to know the person and seeing you know if the vibe is right and you know seeing if you can get along with them because uh, a lot of the the technicalities and the services you provide and stuff that's all on the website that's you know you can give them a packet that goes over that stuff but it's really that face to face kind of can we get along can we communicate with this person and yeah. that's where you know a lot of that stuff comes into play. And that's a big point that I was, or what I was going to ask Harry is in your experience, what are some qualifying questions to help gauge that conversation? Because, you know, you can, when you're pitching, you can always guide that conversation where you want it to go. What are some to help qualify whether, like you mentioned, am I just wasting my time or 
what's yeah. a good feeling for some of those like starter off or generic questions that you could probably ask to kind of get a feel for the room that you've seen have been successful? You know, it works a lot for us is we try to watch, you know, if it's a TV pitch or it's, you know, a, a distributor pitch, you know, we can look them up in articles. We can look up on their website, see what kind of news and PR stuff they're putting out and ask specific things. Say, hey, I heard that merger was pretty crazy. Uh, it may not even be necessarily related to why you're there, but it's a company-wide, you know, scenario. So try to find something that's very specific that you can find in the news articles or somewhere else that gives you an opportunity for him to see two things. One, you're interested in his business. And two, you're actually doing your research. So you're a pretty well-heeled you know, individual to come in there and be prepared. So I've asked questions, how did that show do? I, we really love this. How has that been working for you? Uh, don't be afraid to ask the negative things like, hey, I saw so-and-so just, you know, they just, you guys just canceled that. Was that a tough decision? You know, let them know that you're here to have a conversation because obviously you guys are, what you're looking for is a partnership. So those kinds of questions will usually open up the door and then you'll, you'll go as far as they want to take you. You know, the, the other part too, Paco, is you're going to start to see when they answer these questions, how they react and how they respond. And this will give you a chance to know if you pay attention to their body language, if you pay attention to uh, the way they respond, are they very curt in their answers? Are they very thoughtful and slow? Um, you can then mirror that back when it comes your time to talk because they're telling you how they want to communicate. They're telling you how they're feeling in, in their, their position, whether they're, it's a good environment right now or a nervous environment. So it will help identify for you when it comes time for you to talk. Oh my gosh, I can see he really wants thoughtful thinking. Some people want to get the point across in as few words as possible. So you got to be very clean and simple with certain people. So all of that opening door question stuff will give you an opportunity as long as you listen. You can hear their needs, you can hear what their goals are, and then you can continue to ask a few more questions. Once they, you know, can, if you can get a couple icebreaker questions in there from articles, from their website, uh, so that they feel they can start it, then you're going to be able to go down the rabbit hole with them more and hear how they want you to talk to them. Some people love jargon. You know, they're, they're, they want to know that you know their jargon. Some people are too high-level SVPs. They don't want to know about your IT specifics. Right? They want to know that you're going to help them communicate to the board, and the board doesn't know anything about IT. So how am I going to communicate? So you have to make sure you're, you're hearing the way they want you to put back on them. But at the end of that conversation, you will know what they're looking for, what they're not looking for, more importantly, and you're going to know kind of how that person likes to hear information. Gotcha. Yeah, no, and, and like you said, I think that's a great opportunity to build rapport before you kind of go into your pitch. Mm -hmm. Um, an example of that, that I did recently was there was a lead that was provided to me that I followed up and found out that the president of the company actually mm -hmm. started off as the controller of the company for 14 years mm -hmm. and had been with the company and excelled to becoming president. So as we kind of were going back and forth and talking, the, the starting conversation or getting into it to determine, you know, what kind of rapport can be built was, man, that's a lot of, you know, you, I see you're highly invested in the company. I see that's some great escalation. Um, you know, that you climb the ranks as president and, you know, that really fed into the conversation like, yeah, you know, we've done this and that started kind of getting the ball rolling to a normal mm -hmm. conversation and then flowing into that pitch that needed to be done for whatever services that we wanted to offer them or what the company was looking for to get. Yeah. Oh, and that, that's the perfect way too, because now you know more about him. You've taken the time to know that and it gives you a better incentive and a better indication as to how he wants to hear it. You know what his background was, how deeply detailed he was or not, you know? And I think the next step is, you know, you're going to go into your, like you said, the pitch, 
And the way I, we always talk about it is we say we never pitch. When it comes our turn to talk, we talk about, well, how can we help you? And that's how we, that's the, I think the biggest turn for us. That's a really big idea for us, right? Is that at this point, you know, I want to have a partner that I can work with for years who believes that I'm there to help him succeed because if he succeeds, my buyer succeeds, I succeed. Now we grow together and he's more open down the road to hearing my other ideas because I didn't come in and just hard sell him something that didn't make any sense. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. We did this exact, you know, we, we came into a room, we had two pitches, we had two shows that we wanted to talk about in New York. We flew all of our people out from to New York TV network. We, you know, did all of our research, talked with our agents at ICM. We knew our shit. And as we're talking to the executive who we hadn't met before, they said, you know what? Last week, that VP finally six months ago came on board. We now got the new mandate. We're killing all of our comedy. And sitting in our bag was our number one comedy piece <laughs> that we were all there to present. I had one backup thing because, you know, that's, I don't like to present too much stuff either. I think if you're a jack of all trades, that means you're a master of none. So I believe in just the few things that you think are going to be working right for them. And after that dialogue, everyone in the room was looking at me like, are you going to pull out the comedy? And I never did. You know, it would have been foolish because it would have been me literally not listening to the buyer and not hearing his words. I, I had to leave it in the bag, even though that's the reason we flew out there. So we presented our second one, which we knew was a long shot. It didn't work, but they were really, uh, you know, and we even said, we think we have one thing that might work for you, but we were thoughtful and they had a great rapport with us and we did more work with them down the road. But um, I think people make a mistake by knowing that there's pressures to sell and you've got pressure in your company to make things happen. But at the same time, you know, if you don't have a rapport with that, that buyer, if you're not hearing what they want to, uh, what they want and don't want, you're, you're going to turn them off. And now you've lost a customer for life as opposed to just for one round. And, that, and that's, I think, that's a good point is, is even if, you know, you come in with an idea that you're going to sell them on this, you know, this uh -huh. great big service that you have. And then through the conversation, you realize that maybe they don't need that right now, or it might be too much or, mm -hmm. or whatever you can, you know, have that flexibility to, to maybe pitch them uh, something smaller or just, you know, say, hey, maybe we can help you, you know, install this piece of software, uh, you know, one weekend. And it's not this ongoing thing. It's just one thing. It's a lot smaller than you were expecting, but it's something, right? And it's going to get you in yeah. the door, get you, get that relationship started. And that's, that's better than nothing. Yeah. And I think you're in the moment, you know, if, if you're thinking about what you have to sell, you're not listening to what they want. And there's probably an opening there. And there's always an opportunity once you get in with a client, especially a new one, they may not go for your, your A product right now, but you go in with the C product, they see the success, guess what? Now they're more open. You've shown them that I should trust you and that you've taken care of me and now I've succeeded. I look good to my VP and I look good to my internal clients. Tell me about that product A again. You know, let's, let's readdress mm -hmm. that. So, you know, it's, you need to build. And that's why our secondary goal is always making a relationship because right. I would rather have a client for years and, and do good work with them throughout the years than try to jam up some TV show or concept down someone's throat and they feel pressured and they don't feel like I'm a partner and they just feel like I was hard selling them and I never get to work with them again because the experience is so bad. I would rather say, you know what, it's going to start slow or they don't have the money at this time but I want to know that I've got the partner and that when he has the money, when he has the time, he is going to be calling me because he's going to trust me. And that's what's important. Exactly. 
Now, what are your thoughts around, um, you know, closing out the, the, the meeting? Um, you know, I know some, some folks recommend to try to get some sort of commitment right there at the end of the meeting, or, you know, maybe it, it's appropriate to follow up later on. What, what yeah. do you like to do? Well, I like two things, right? I think less is more. I know that all, we all love our products and our services and we can get caught up just selling all the pieces. I think it's really important that you hear what they want to hear and only, you know, tell them the pieces that are relevant to them so that it makes sense and that you're clicking off the things that they just asked for and knowing when to stop selling. So sometimes you need to let there be dialogue, take pauses, let them interact. Um, and there's two things I, I always say. Um, if after you are completed and they ask you some good questions, there's usually an opportunity for them to want to close um, because they're trying to figure out a way to say, how can I sell this upstairs? Here are my concerns. How can we address it? If they're simply poking holes in it, even after you clarify a little bit, then don't keep pushing. They're just trying to find an excuse to get you out the door. They don't want it. They can't afford it. Who knows what the reason is? But ultimately, um, I, you have to go off the client. And I, I never assume I'm going to walk out with a deal or a handshake. I love to be able to say, great, well, let's continue the dialogue. And that's usually the way it ends unless they want to go to right to a close because we'll always be prepared to move into whatever phase they want to move into. But I always love to end it with, well, this is fantastic. Let's continue the dialogue more back in LA or I'm back in my office and we'll, we'll follow up. I think that's always a smart way where you don't, you're not pressuring them to do it. If they want it, you close. But ultimately, I like it to be a more casual, this is a partnership. I'm not pressuring you. You're not pressuring me. We're here to help each other. And that's usually the way I like it to be. And I think the follow-up is really important, showing that you are responsive and thoughtful. And uh, even if nothing closes, I think thanking them and finding some funny things once in a while to send to them uh, in articles, I think keeps the relationship fresh. So when you're ready to go back in again, they know that you have been a good partner and patient and you're very responsive, even, even when you're not on the clock for them. Yeah, and that's the, I, I like that approach because there, there's a certain camp of you know that's out there that says you, you have to close at the end and you have to you mm-hmm. know make sales and sales and sales and, and you have to you know get something in writing or get a handshake or get them committed to something at the end. Um, but sometimes you know you might be able to do that, but you're kind of pressuring them into doing that, and they might not be really 100% happy with it. And then later on down the road, that's going to kind of come out. <laughs> whether you know they are, are a pain to work with or they they badmouth you or they don't you know they they don't like you or something whereas if you keep them comfortable even at the end even if they don't end up buying from you right there that's going to just like you said keep that rapport and that that good relationship going for further down the road even if they don't hire you they might recommend you and that's another yeah. thing people don't think about is you want to keep that relationship good even if they don't hire you because they, you know, might know someone that they recommend to you and you want to keep that open as well. That's a good point. In, in entertainment, people move around a lot. So they may not have the money to buy at one network today, but that executive felt great. No pressure. The nice rapport. You built a partnership. They've liked your work. They move over to HBO and suddenly they got a ton of money and they want to buy what you want. So mm. having that relationship may pay off. Not today, not six months from now, it might pay off a year from now. Uh, or it might pay off that same day. You just don't know. And ultimately, we've worked with Disney for 15 years, and it's because we built a relationship. Some projects, you know, they need help. They don't have the money. We got to, we, we figure it out. Some projects, they've got the money. We all are very happy, and, and we can do the job the way it's, you know, expected to be. But you have to let them know that you're there for them as partners. In the good times, the lean times, uh, the hard times, 
And I think that makes a big difference in, in longevity too. I, I've been much happier having a happy client for years than, like you said, forcing someone to buy a product today to simply meet a quota when ultimately we're all in this for our careers. This is our livelihood, right? And having guys on your side moving to new companies and recommending to other places will turn you a much, much bigger profit in the long run than you know, trying to, to close a 12 cent deal today just to fill a quota. Right. And, and uh, Michael Fierros in the chat says, ha- has a good quote here. He says, let them know you're human and care about their business and yeah. how your services will benefit their business. So that's it, right? You're, you're not some nameless corporation. You're a human being to human being. Hey, we're just human beings in this crazy world trying mm-hmm. to figure out, you know, how to grow our business. Let's, uh, let's, let's do that together. So we, we got to wrap things up here. Um, but uh, do you have any kind of closing thoughts or anything you want to leave us with? Um. No, I just think that, the, you know, again, I think pitching, whether it's family members or clients, it's a long-term relationship, right? And you want to go for the long game. And I think that you, you work hard, you do the, you know, your product, your service is strong, but having that relationship, it will make the difference in success and financially, as well as uh, creatively in your world, if you build those relationships. And I know it's hard sometimes because we all got mortgages to pay, but it does pay off in spades. And, um, you know, it, it separates you from the rest of the crowd really does. We've all been sell, sold to, we've all been buyers. So you know how bad it feels when someone's pressuring you at a, at a, you know, anywhere. So don't be that person, be there, help your mom and <laughs> think of that in your mind. And it will make things very different because the pressure's off you. It's nice. not about you. Yeah, it's, treat, it's a treat whole your customers different. like your mom. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, and you just want like to help that. them out, it, and it changes <laughs> yep. the perspective. The the whole room is a different feeling. It's fun and relaxed, and you're just there to Very help. Cool. All right. Well, hey, great, Harry. I, I'm I'm definitely on board with that, and and uh, that that's that's my style, and I think that's a great great way to run a business. Mm. Um, so, hey, if anyone wants to uh, check check out what you got going on, or you know, watch anything you've produced, where can they find out more about you? <laughs> uh, I think the best way is uh, at Instagram. So at Good Producer Instagram, they usually get in touch with me there. We post material, and if we have new shows or web series or anything else, we'll make notices there. Um, they also can, I, I love doing mentoring and LinkedIn has a really nice program, which is basically a career advice program. So if they want to try, uh, they cannot connect to me directly through that program. LinkedIn's trying to make that happen, but, uh, basically you go to LinkedIn and go to your dashboard under career advice, fill out some information there and people can request Los Angeles area and, you know, my industry and they will usually the algorithm will connect them with me and I can always help, happy to help people who are editors who want to become writers, actors who want to become improv artists. And I love being able to give back and share knowledge. I think that's really important in this industry. So LinkedIn and, uh, you know, Instagram are great ways nowadays to keep in touch. Very cool. And we'll have links to, uh, to those in the show notes as well. Um, thanks, Harry. It's been, it's been a pleasure and and I learned a lot. Um, and I appreciate it and, uh, good luck in your uh, future endeavors. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me on guys. Appreciate it. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, before I go, I want to mention our uh, second sponsor, and that is Tech Blog Builder. Um, you know, Tech Blog Builder is, um, as I've been running this service now for the better part of this year, um, I'm, I'm finding out that really what the, the customers are liking about the service is the, the peace of mind that they have, that they know that good quality content is going to be released on a consistent schedule on their business website. 
Um, and that just helps kind of free them up um, to, to focus on other things and to actually maybe promote the content and to, to have stuff that they can share and to point their, another thing they've been doing that, that I didn't think about is they're pointing their existing customers to these blog posts when they have specific questions or specific problems. Um, a lot of uh, the, cl- the clients that we have um, are, you know, MSPs or they have kind of higher level business services. Um, and a lot of times uh, some of their, their smaller businesses don't understand the benefits of things like, um, you know, backups and storage in the cloud or, you know, why you need a, a firewall or, um, some of the things that you, you're trying to get the, your small business customers to get in line with that they that you know they need, but they don't necessarily understand why they need. And instead of you know getting on the phone and trying to explain it to them or stumbling over you know tech jargon and trying to figure out how to translate that so that they understand, Tech Blog Builder can come in, write a nice, succinct, um, easy to understand post about that piece of technology or about, about that service that you're trying to pitch. And then uh, going along with the topic of this episode, instead of trying to pitch it, just you know, send them a nice email and link to that blog post saying this explains more. Um, and that's a great way to sell your existing clients on other services you have or to get uh, some of your existing clients to do some of the things you're trying to get them to do. And that's kind of been a cool byproduct of what we're doing over at Tech Blog Builder. So if you don't know, Tech Blog Builder is a service where we will write um, uh, uh, professionally crafted uh, blog posts that are uh, search engine optimized and uh, targeted around your business so they fit your business's uh, voice. Um, And then we will publish those on your website for you on a regular schedule. So whether it's once a week, once every couple weeks, once a month, uh, and uh, you can just kind of sit back, relax, knowing that those are going to be out there and then you can run your business. Take that burden of content creation off of your shoulders. Put it on us. We'll take care of it for you. And uh, you can check that out at techblogbuilder.com. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Let us know what you think in the comments under the show notes, uh, what you thought of the guest and what you thought of this topic. And if you have anything else to uh, throw in there or, or contribute, we'd love to hear from you guys. Also, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. That's the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group. You can go to techsitebuilder.com slash group. That'll take you over there. And we've got a lot of great conversations going on. You can ask questions, you know, get feedback on flyers and advertisements you want to run or just uh, get advice from folks who have been in the business and who have some successful marketing uh, tips that they can share. Uh, finally, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. Uh, we love to hear your feedback and every comment and review you leave on those podcast episodes um, helps the podcast to get found by others out there so that we can grow our, our listener base. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tech Reputation and Tech Blog Builder. Thank you guys for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Here's to your success.